0: welcome to the National Leprechaun Museum Talking Stories podcast. A podcast of folklore, mythology, storytelling and chat from the storytellers at the National Leprechaun Museum. Only one in the world. Today I'm joined by Mark.
1: Hello.
0: Hello Mark. There is a, is, is there not a leprechaun sanctuary in County Louth? There is, yeah. Louth? But that's different.
1: That is different, yeah. They're yeah. all, they're all, all different and all equally valid. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. Um, Well, we were only talking about this um, right before we started recording. Why would leprechauns need a sanctuary?
1: Oh, that's such a loaded question. People's (laughs) attitudes towards... Sorry, I'm just going to go into a a tirade here. But people's attitudes towards leprechauns are so... I mean, they hurt me. They hurt me at my core. But one of the most common things you hear about is the idea of trapping leprechauns. In fact, that's what 99% of leprechaun stories are. They're kind of modern, kind of... You know, early nineteenth-century take on leprechaun stories. It's about trapping the leprechaun to get their gold. So, of course, they need a safe space. Yeah. Yeah, you got to you got to provide them with that. But I think it's strange because the other thing people kind of, or, or rather, I struggle with is people's attitudes around leprechauns because they're almost seen as a as a creature rather than a people.
0: Yes. A, a, a people who might look different than us. Yeah. Um, but def- they're they're not animals.
1: No, and well, no more than humans are. Yes. Because of course we're all animals, you know. But we you, are you look at the things what distinguishes us from the animals, and it's like all the things that we have. The leprechauns are depicted as having. Yeah. So why why do we have to have yeah why do we have to have sanctuaries for leprechauns? The answer is we shouldn't have to, but we do. It's the same reason like why do we have a police force? You know, mm-hmm. we shouldn't have to, but it's a necessary evil mm. <laughs> and I, and I yeah, let's not get into talking about my attitudes <laughs> about about police uh police forces, but, but, we but we
0: do get inquiries um especially from i'd say North America.
1: Yeah, massively.
0: About trapping leprechauns.
1: And especially at this time of year, because of course it's St. Patrick's Day in a couple of days.
0: Yes, indeed. So
1: happy St. Patrick's Day to anyone who's listening to this. Um, But yeah, this is the time of year for us to get contacted and get asked a lot of questions about leprechauns. I know you had a letter left on your desk this morning. Yes, um, indeed. Which came, tell us about it. It came from?
0: It came from Alaska
1: you Know what I mean? Like, that's just, yeah.
0: um, yeah, it came from Alaska and it was just a very short message from Owen. Thank you, Owen. Um, that said, I have gold, come to my house.
1: It'd be very easy for me to uh, make light of that letter and, and you know, because it sounds potentially so dodgy, but there's this over familiarity as well that comes in. It's like, oh, you can come to my house, yeah. I mean.
0: Who Go invites a stranger Give us to gold. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I've got gold here. Do you want to pop round and have some of my gold? <laughs> which, which is actually really nice and I think I think Owen must yeah. be an amazing person because it's the opposite of what I usually have an issue with, which is like I'm going to capture you and trap you because I want your gold.
0: Yes, and your wishes.
1: So if people want to know, well, where do leprechauns get their gold from? They clearly get it from Owen. <laughs> <laughs> I mean if we got that letter I'm sure we're not the only ones Owen is one of these you know the, maybe it's a scam maybe it's the equivalent of the Nigerian prince emails maybe but I love that that people actually write a letter yeah and they put it in an envelope and when we get letters from children you know mm-hmm. it's amazing to think that they're, the, the responsible adults in their life will actually put it in an envelope put a stamp on it and go to the effort of posting that letter
0: the letter writing is still alive alive and well
1: yeah I mean Writer
0: I in writing to leprechauns yeah and we get letters like that letter from Owen wasn't addressed to the leprechaun museum it was addressed to leprechauns in Ireland and it came to us as many of our letters uh, do we,
1: we've said that before like yeah. on post to do such an amazing job but we have had letters just say Mr and Mrs Leprechaun Ireland mm. and they, they they arrive they arrive at the museum yeah um which it, it just shows i mean for me and again it's a, it's a very relevant time to be discussing because not only do we have saint patrick's day in two days time mm-hmm. but we also celebrated our 11th birthday last week
0: yes indeed and
1: it's clearly worked you know what we do and what we have been doing works whether people like it or don't like it engage or choose not to engage there's no denying the fact that that it works
0: yeah there's 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 something in the water
1: yeah, <laughs> that's not water, that's not water, that's that's putching, that's 90% alcohol is <laughs> the only way that it's going to play out.
0: But we're the National Leprechaun Museum and we'd even often say to people at the front that um, talking about leprechauns is probably 20% of, of the tour. Because there's so much yeah. folklore and mythology to, to cover, so much that we want people to know about that... Um, oftentimes, we we more so use leprechauns that everyone around the world knows of as a gateway to explore the, these other stories and creatures.
1: Yeah, and I think gateway is is the really important kind of like you know phrase you use there because it is it allows us mm. to to engage with people. It makes it all approachable. You know, you yeah. call the museum the the you know the national banshee museum or Fiend museum it wouldn't capture people in the same way and we most certainly wouldn't be getting letters from alaska no um so in that way we you know tom did something very right he did <laughs> <laughs> but but it is it's strange though why people associate the leprechaun with this time of year because realistically you're you know there's a good a chance of seeing them as you know at any other time of the year within reason True, um, but I think it's the spotlight in Ireland on Ireland. Oh yeah, for Saint Patrick's Day, and then it's like, it's like a word association. Mm-hmm. You know, when people say Ireland, what do they what do they say? And they're all things that kind of fall into place in Saint Patrick's Day. You know, mm-hmm. you get Guinness mentioned, of course. You yep. know, and whiskey, and you know, we thought that were friendly and stuff like that. But it really is incredible to have such a spotlight shone on our country. And I'd struggle to think of other days that are celebrated so widely yeah that focus on on a nation
0: we're incredibly lucky as a country to have this um this 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 huge worldwide focus every year and to be able to to harness that as well yeah um you know whether whether it's for you know tourism or you know our Taoiseach it won't be happening this year but every year uh the Taoiseach uh the leader of the country goes to visit the U.S. president and they have a chat and the, our Taoiseach presumably asks for things
2: um you <laughs> yeah, know and it's yeah. not
0: not every country gets to t- to bend the the U.S. president's ear every year like that you know
1: yeah the the last one may not may as well not have had ears uh, yeah <laughs> for all <those> purposes. <laughs> But, but no, it is incredible. And I, I know we say we're very lucky, but even as you were saying, I was thinking, well, well, are we lucky? What's the mechanic behind why this happens? And the simple fact is that Irish people have touched every corner of this globe mm-hmm. and that wasn't always true choice. No. You know, what I mean, the people who left here had had nothing. And, yes. and literally, I mean, you could only fit so much in your bag but of course our, our hearts and our heads were filled with this you know the stories and our heritage that we that we, that we we took that with us mm-hmm. you know uh, Ryanair can't charge it for memories <laughs> you know what I mean <laughs> although no, they,
0: if they could they would
1: a memory allowance do you yeah. know what I mean like if <laughs> god if they, if they also if the stories had weight like physical weight, yeah. I'd be afraid to step on the scales. Oh Jesus. <laughs> but but the stories are so important, mm-hmm. but we also have to remember there's there's a tinge of sadness to to the fact that we were so far from home. Yes. You know what I mean? To have touched so many people. Um, we were so and it was a way of reconnecting with with, with our people and with place mm-hmm. and that's so important. And I think as well, so many people have ties generations back. Yeah. to Ireland, that they feel that they're part of it as well. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really, that's really important.
0: It is, it's really important to to honour and respect that and in, include those people, include the diaspora when we celebrate St. Patrick's Day, include, um, well, I mean, the, the world, isn't there? Have you seen that film, um, Flight of the Doves? No. Oh, it's, it's fun, it, guys, it's a fantastic uh, family film. Um, from the the 70s, it's about these two English children who escape their their evil uncle and um, run away to, to to Ireland to try and get to their 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 granny in Galway, but they end up caught up in this in the St Patrick's Day parade in Dublin. Uh, and there's and, and and there's the film's big song, and it goes, "You don't have to be Irish to be Irish, you just laugh a little more and you smile a little more, and that's what it takes to make you irish and it's this beautiful multicultural parade as well um
1: yeah it's it's one of the things like yeah that's and as well we we've got oh, a song oh. we don't often get a song on a on a podcast, you've such a lovely voice um but it's but there is that thing about what it is to be Irish, and I know yeah. we, we actually like there was a there was a thing to celebrate that not too long ago to be Irish at Christmas. Mm-hmm. But um, you see an awful lot of people go arguing, saying like, "Oh, someone isn't Irish." You yeah. know what I mean? It's a kind of closed mind, narrow minded kind of thing, or or when another country claims one of our celebrities or one of our sports people or actors, we're suddenly they're Irish. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I think I think you're right. It is it is something about your behaviour that makes you Irish and when you see so many people who are like you know who've come to Ireland from abroad Mm -hmm. you know who've made Ireland their home and I think your behavior when you're here would probably be different to where to what it would be if you were back home yeah and I suppose the easiest way for me to explain that is is like if I'm in my house as a child I'll behave one way if I go to another friend's house I'll behave a very different way around their family. Yeah, but Ireland, I think, as a land is is the cool household. (laughs) You know, it's the household that doesn't mind if you, you know, kick off your shoes and put your feet up on the couch. Do you know what I mean? As long as it's all well meant, you know, well meant. Yes. Then, then it's all good. So when people come here and they are free to kick off their shoes and you know talk a little bit differently, laugh, eat food with their hands, you know, Mm -hmm. then that is so valid to, in terms of calling yourself Irish
0: it really is I'd
1: still urge people not to give up their own identity no. and bring that and add it to the melting pot yes. that we have here I mean oh, imagine if we only ate foods that were traditionally Irish
0: oh god
1: <laughs> not that we don't have like amazing foods Yeah, um, and we absolutely do but I mean Ireland, Ireland is, is an amazing as I said it's a melting pot mm. so what it is to be Irish is is huge and broad and again it brings us back to our stories and how many people can kind of tap into them and recognize themselves in the stories
0: that's really true um i would i want to ask you how do you celebrate saint patrick's day because i think um i'm gonna throw this out there i think um aside from saint patrick's day these days is very associated with with alcohol and drinking yes um, and apart from that, there seems to be a bit of a, a vacuum in how you can and how people celebrate St. Patrick's Day. And I think this is probably one of the reasons why we have this whole thing of of, of, of trapping leprechauns and, and families and classrooms in not really in Ireland, more really in, in places like North America, um, you know, cr- uh, setting up leprechaun traps And, um, you know, and and having all these these messes created by leprechauns in their classrooms while they're looking for gold. Um, But how does one celebrate St. Patrick's Day? Aside from... Going to mass
1: right? <laughs> yeah, to Saint yeah, Patrick? Yeah. Uh, yes, yeah, there is because I mean it, it's a saint's day, so it is. It is a patron
0: saint day. Yeah, you it's know?
1: It, it, you know it's it's a Christian holy day. It's, it's a holy day, so you know, like in terms Christmas. of how, yeah yeah like <laughs> yes, Christmas, like Christmas. <laughs> how do we celebrate it with excess? Um, I don't know. Well, I do know because I know how I celebrated as a kid. It mm. was like wearing green clothes. Yeah, it was having like a sprig of shamrock, you know, pinned to you. And uh, I, I used to walk in the Tala Parade, where I'm from, oh. which is one of the biggest parades in the country. Wow. Um, and over it dwindles over time and suddenly you notice it's like 90% of the parade is Brennan's Bread Vans, because <laughs> uh, that's where Brennan's were, were based out there. Um, but I suppose then as an adult, then as an adult, i have been in the museum for 11 years. Yeah. And a shout out to all you know 40 to 50 people who've ever told stories in the, in the museum um it's traumatic yeah it's traumatic i think i don't think we we'll want to gloss over that oh well um, no you
0: you'd probably like us to say that you know, we love St Patrick's day here in the museum and we do But not in the museum. (laughs)
1: Well, well, I'd actually say in the museum, the people who actually come in the door to escape what's going on on the streets. Yeah. I do enjoy that because we're there together. But I feel like I'm in a bunker.
0: That's exactly what it feels like because we're so close to um, O'Connell Street. Yeah,
1: like the main thoroughfares for these things. But I think if I was going to be setting traps, it wouldn't be for leprechauns. It would be for, I'd have like a trap and in it because I know people generally put like the the gold coins or the chocolate yeah. gold coins and stuff like that to lure them in. I'd put a pint of Guinness in the middle of a big trap. Yeah. And I would dare the people I'd be trapping. Yeah. That's what I did. Public order. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or uh, or the people who have no right to celebrate St. Patrick's Day. I know I see the look in your face and you're thinking who is he going to say has no right to celebrate St. Patrick's Day? And I would say that's the people who call it Saint patty's day
0: oh yeah
1: p-a-t-t-y we are all about inclusion and love here but those guys can go away yes uh, and be open to correction it's not saying patty's day
0: no it's paddy's day if you're going to if you're going to condense it
1: yeah and i don't even know how saint patrick would feel about that um but yes celebrating in the museum um has always been interesting the museum is traditionally closed a little bit earlier yes because the city center gets a bit lively it does. It's, it's filled with change. scoundrels and bowsies. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and we get a lot more phone calls that day than usual. Yeah,
1: and so many prank phone calls. Yeah. Um, I tell you, I will not be in the museum. Actually, what day is St. Patrick's Day? Wednesday. I will not be in the physical museum on St. Patrick's Day. So how I'll choose to celebrate at home is like, you know, I'll I'll, I'll get in and just be nice to myself, take a day, cook a nice big stew, mm. probably watch Darby O'Gill and ah, Little yeah. People. Um, but but what about yourself?
0: Like you're saying, I've found it harder as an adult, um, as, as an adult especially without children, that you can take to a parade, you know. Um, even though the, the, the parades are, are fantastic and fun, um, there obviously won't be one in, a, a, a big one in, in Dublin, um, like there is every year. I actually find the, the smaller country parades in like the little villages and towns are a lot more fun. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, a lot more like inside jokes. Even if you don't get them, it's still great to be a part of.
1: I don't know. I remember seeing like, because it wasn't just in Tala where the incident happened, oh. but we saw the year where the floats depicting the pulling down of the Lidl.
2: Oh, yeah.
1: Uh, with the JCB. The, yeah. Uh, that they were they were, they happened all over the country, mm-hmm. and I think outside the country as well <laughs> that made news. So it is, you know, it's 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 a time for a kind of like to, to for inside jokes, like you say, yeah. But I think the small kind of yeah rural parades mm. would be a much nice thing. But of course now we have the online parades,
0: yes, the virtual parades.
1: Watching kids kind of making parades like with their toys and stuff mm-hmm. like that, and and teddy bears was was fantastic to see. But listen, I think the best way to for us to celebrate St. Patrick's Day is taking some some time with the people who are around us you like with your housemates and and maybe share or listen to a story
0: yes and uh speaking of which we're going to finally get on to our story for today for today's podcast and it is a leprechaun story not just any leprechaun story but this is probably the first leprechaun story or part of it
1: Yes, I mean, and there's so many ways into this story and it's it's the earliest written account that mm. we found, but it's been redone so many times mm. over the last, you know, thousand years. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just, I'm just ballparking it there because it's more or less depending on which account you're reading. Yeah. But um, yeah, let's let's enjoy a, a story from, from Potty.
0: Yes, indeed. Um, this is a part from The Adventures of Fergus MacLean. Yeah.
2: Now I'd like to tell you about someone very special. I'd like to tell you about the Queen of the Leprechauns, Queen Bebo. Bebo, along with her husband Lobdon, known to his people as the Grand Himself, rules over the tiny island of Faelyn, which lies about halfway between Ireland and Scotland. Faelyn is a magical island in that everything about it is leprechaun-sized. Whether it's the trees, the mountains, the grand halls or the small houses, everything about the island of Félin is to Leprechaun scale. Queen Bebo has heard that the human king of Ulster, Ireland's northernmost province, makes exceptionally good porridge. She loves porridge. I like a bit of porridge myself. And she says to her husband, I will not sleep until I taste some of this fabulous porridge. The King of the Leprechauns realised fairly quickly that if his wife doesn't get any sleep, well he doesn't get any sleep either. So he agrees to embark on a little bit of an adventure with her. They sail from their tiny island kingdom in their small boat across the stormy channel. They make it all the way to the King's castle, sneak up through the storm drains all the way into the kitchen, and are bending low before the porridge pot, reaching down to scoop some of this fabulous porridge up towards them, when what should happen? But of course, they fall in. The king of Ulster walks in to check on his award-winning porridge, to find two leprechauns scrabbling about in the porridge pot, and thinks to himself, wouldn't it be great to have two leprechauns around the place to show off when visitors call, and it would be great too. Except, gradually, over time, King Fergus falls more and more in love with the Queen of the Leprechauns. He is impressed by her grace, her intelligence, and her wit, and he forgets all about the fact that she's only about as big as his arm. He finds it a little bit embarrassing having her husband, the king, around the place during their courtship. So he lets Lobdon free. Big mistake. Lobdon sails immediately home and tells the leperhorn people what has happened to their queen. They are justifiably outraged and demand that something must be done. So the leperhorns plot to have the king of Ulster assassinated. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, Leprechaun assassins. I bet you didn't think the story would go there. The Leprechauns track Fergus for about a week, and they learn that aside from making very good porridge, Fergus isn't very good for much else. His favourite pastimes were drinking, fighting, gambling, and having a bit of a lie down, a bit of a kip, a bit of a sleep. We all have that one person in our life, don't we, that seems to spend about 90% of their day either drunk or asleep. Well, Fergus was one of these people. The leprechauns find Fergus asleep on the beach one day. You have to really enjoy your sleep if you're willing to sleep on a beach in Northern Ireland. And they say to one another now boys let us seize our chance we shall throw him into the sea so they pick fergus up remember they're quite small he's quite fat and heavy and they gingerly see what i did there carry him all the way to the top of the cliff but just before he's about to go over fergus wakes up and in an epic struggle he grabs the three leper horns together holding them close to his chest. Now, Disney told us that all leprechauns were capable of granting wishes. But originally, you had to get three of them together. Rub them off of each other. Sometimes I wish I was making this stuff up. I really do. Rub them off of each other in order to get just one wish. And Fergus MacLeaty, King of Ulster, the man who in one sense already had everything he wished for nothing more i'd like to be able to breathe under water very practical man was fergus maybe a little bit hasty the leper agree and they give the king a pair of magic shoes now the shoes were beautiful they were the deepest bluest velvet and embroidered or sewn into the toes was a pair of golden sunrises. And these magic shoes, they give Fergus the ability to breathe in the depths of Ireland's very cold seawater. But the leprechauns say to the king, You listen here, human. There is one place, one place in this entire world that you are not allowed to go to. You must not go beneath the waves of dundrum bay now i want you to think this through with me fergus is an irish king more importantly he's an irish man so the one place the only place in the whole world that he is not allowed to go to was the first place he went to and there beneath the cold Choppy waters of Dundrum Bay, Fergus discovered not gold nor riches, but an enormous, ferocious sea monster known as the Moordish. The Moordish is ninety nine point nine 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 percent teeth and spikes. Oh it's hideous. It's the ugliest thing you will ever see. It's also the Irish version of Medusa. You may remember Medusa from your studies in school. When you saw Medusa, you became frozen forever in stone. When you saw the Mordish, he was so ugly that your face became frozen forever in an expression of pain, fear and shock. Imagine for the rest of your life, eternally, screaming into the wind now maybe it was just my childhood but when i was very small my mother used to say to me Pawdy, don't make funny faces because if the wind changes it will be stuck like that now that may have just been my horrific childhood but it's also in a sense what happened to fergus mocklady he went through the rest of his life with a funny face Needless to say, the queen of the Leprechauns didn't want to spend the rest of her very long life with a man whose face was eternally screaming. So she sneaked out of the castle in the dead of the night, sailed immediately for her tiny island kingdom of Phelan. The Leprechaun people rejoiced to have their queen return to them, and swiftly let bygones be bygones, which is really the only way to live,
0: and that was Poddy with the first Leprechaun story.
1: It. it... I've never heard him tell that story the same way twice. No,
0: no, there's so much to it. And I like that's Even we have a, another version of Potty telling that story on our YouTube uh, channel, which goes a little more in, into detail in some parts. But that's a really nice version for our podcast. And just to say, folks, um, Irish weather has uh, returned to us on this lovely sunny day. So you may hear some uh, rain and hail outside as we record
1: yeah it's really beaten down out there yeah
0: maybe maybe you'll find it relaxing who knows
1: oh yeah forest sounds yeah (laughs) (laughs) they are not the sounds you get in dublin city center
0: yeah but for as a leprechaun story it's a pretty epic one
1: yeah and it does it paints you a very different picture than the solitary leprechaun we're used to in our stories Mm. um they are considered they are classed in some books as solitary fairies because they are part of the fairy world um and then you have, like, the trooping fairies. Mm. But we see, like, in their own land. And, and we also, they're in Féiline, so they're not traditionally from the island of Ireland.
0: No. But an
1: island off the coast. And they live in their own way. And it's this thing of how they do behave differently when they're here. Yes. Yeah.
0: Um. Well, I mean, we all respond, we, when we go to places, we all respond differently to the culture and environment around us. But the leprechauns find themselves in a very different place, a human-sized place. Yeah. Where everything is, is so much bigger and they have to adapt to that. Yeah. They really fish out of water. We no, um we have a spot like that in our museum, of course. We have the, the giant room, room, yeah, which is meant to um, hopefully evoke that feeling, get you into the shoes, the little shoes of a leprechaun. And um maybe um help you imagine what it might be like to be a leprechaun and to uh feel out of your depth. Maybe that's what yeah, I guess. Yeah, to be
1: able to empathize, empathize and you know, experience yeah. what it is to be a leprechaun in a very I mean it, it's it's a very small insight, no pun mm-hmm. intended, but um yeah, we have to learn to be more accommodating of people whose needs are different to our own.
0: Yes indeed. and I think the
1: leprechaun really helps t- or rather can help to teach that. Mm. But people tend to focus in on the greed element because of the pot of gold and yeah. I want, I want. And it was funny to hear Paddy reference like the, the earlier known traditions of rubbing three leprechauns together, yeah. which is a, a bizarre image. But I'll find, you know, when you're talking to an audience, whether that's online or in person, there's always going to be people who disagree go, like, yeah. oh, it's not that. It's actually this. Yes, um, because there's regional, you know, variations yeah. of all traditions.
0: Yeah, I, 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 don't know what to say to people when they, um, you know, when they say, "Are you sure it's not this instead of that?" Because, I, because I go, "Well, I'm sure we're both right." You yeah. Know, in some senses, you know, um, and sometimes people are just wanting to add to the conversation, and then sometimes people just want to win. Yeah, you want to win the conversation that's
1: the difference I yeah. love I love when people engage in a story and, go, and they can say where I'm from it's this yeah and they're, they're specifying where I'm from this is the tradition yeah not you are wrong I am talking about that I experienced that recently with the with the whole thing of shillelies and I was talking about them on TikTok and mm. people were like I had people saying no it's shillelagh not shillelagh but I mean the Irish language yeah, I mean, from Donegal to Cork, do you know what I mean? It's it, every hundred yards, it, it's like accents. Mm. Yeah, you know, there's that. There's as much variation in traditions and stuff as there is in our accents. I think
0: that's a very good way of putting it.
1: Yeah, I know. I just came up with it. Nice. <laughs> I'm going to be using that again so much over the next <laughs> week. Um, but but that story as well. Like I've I've told that story myself. You know, a different approach to it. But I love Paulie's taking it, mm. um, and it is just very. Real and very human
0: there is
1: the things that they're experienced like Bibo seems to be a very um she's getting involved with Fergus very consensually yes but we see the jealousy in the in party's version that uh, the looked on experiences
0: of course and he
1: goes back and reports very differently
0: mm-hmm. I'm sure there's
1: some people back in failing who are going, oh no, I wouldn't say that's how it is I've met her yeah, you know what I mean I'm sure she's enjoying her holiday in Ireland. But, but it's it's Poddy's take on it and I love as a storyteller how he, he dips in and out of the story and he's including you in the story. Yes. Which, which is it's such a skill. It's such a gift.
0: Yes. And it's such a gift not to uh, impose oneself on the yeah. story as you're telling it um, but those little witty asides. Well um, that, that doesn't make that first of all because we've heard Potty tell so many stories we know that that's what makes it a poddy story. Yeah. Um,
1: oh, my goodness. He's listening to this now and his head is, is getting too big. Too big for him. <laughs> You'll fall over a poddy. Um, but, it, but it is. And that is the beauty of storytelling, though, is that you can you can have a bit of a mm. play with it. But his dark versions of that story. Yes. Like you say, if people go on, onto YouTube and, and find his telling over there, it's so different. It
0: is. And
1: equally valid.
0: Indeed. Uh,
1: but the the... So just the, the youthful joy he puts into that story is incredible.
0: I believe it's on YouTube that Poddy covers the the sort of extended ending of that story. Yes. Where, um, um, will I tell you? I will. Um, so Fergus goes back uh, Goes back home uh, with his uh, disfigured face, uh, his frozen face, always screaming. Um, I've heard sometimes is his mouth, you know, uh, has been pushed back to the back of his neck, um, and Bebo runs home. But the thing about being king in Ireland at, at the time was that kings had to be physically perfect, Yeah, um, and disfigurement was not perfect. Um, so Fergus's men actually tried to keep... Uh, his new face, a secret from him, yeah. So that he uh, he won't be forced to give up the kingship, and they do this successfully for seven years until um, a servant girl comes in to um, to wash his hair one day, and either she she gets a, a fright or something as his face, or it's some it's out of out of spite or annoyance, but she ends up you know giving him a mirror, yeah, in or zone. insulting him, yeah. You know?
1: um, but yeah, it, 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 it this and again, there's so many versions of the extension of that story. Mm. But it's incredible. But dude, they should go and listen, go yeah. and listen, to, uh, and watch mm-hmm. the YouTube because then you get to see Poddy telling it.
0: Yes, That's
1: a whole new dimension to the to mm-hmm. the story.
0: And then when Fergus finds out, he goes and to fight the 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 Yeah, for revenge. Can you tell us a bit more about the the murderish? I forget if I'm saying that. M U
1: I R D R I S. So. Mordrish. 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 Yeah, but again, you'll find people who'll say it differently. Yeah. It's an incredible creature, though. I love. Yeah. And it's been described in so many different ways, but like an awful lot of cryptids, um, you know, unusual creatures in Irish mythology. It's a it's a serpent. Mm-hmm. It could just be a large eel, is what, what's being described. They're really common in Irish stories, uh, or similar to a paste. Yes. But the difference being that the Mordish—I have never read a version where the Mordish talks. Yeah. But it's this huge kind of sea monster. All, all bite and no bark. All bite and no bark. <laughs> Similar to the story that I told, which based over in Galway mm. about the guy who goes down to the sea every day to save the princess who's chained to the chair. Yeah. Um, but that has these like great wings on it. Mm. So what we're looking at is some form of drag. What people would call a dragon. Mm-hmm. Um weird W I R D would be one of the or W Y R D like the, the 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 Welsh take on it. So it's yeah it's some kind of like creature like that. And the like I say, the variation in the descriptions, my favourite one is um where it's described as that it could open its mouth so wide its face would lay flat on its back. Huh. And when you try you bend your brain to try and like figure out how that would work. Yeah. Reminds me of the old there was an old two ad. With the head hinged back so you could reach the teeth <laughs> at, at the back, but at the base of it it's quite it sounds like quite a, a you know a fantastical beast, but it's easily defeated, yeah you know, but you said, you said the the story the adventures mm-hmm. of Fergus Macleahy or more again pronounced so mm-hmm. many different ways, but in some versions, and I think there's an eighth century version of it it they spoil it they spoil it because the, the story's called the death of King Fergus oh and it's like oh i know what's going to happen now
0: well i mean eventually
1: ah listen we yeah. all die eventually
0: yeah but i'm sure at the time like um you know king fergus was this was was the the protagonist he was the king he might've been the like the most famous character in it and the yeah. leprechauns would have just been these like weird side characters but now the leprechauns are known over the over the world and who knows who king fergus he is
1: yeah, and it's strange because in, in Paddy's version of it, you have to wonder who's the hero. Yes. Yeah. So there always has to be a hero in the story. Mm-hmm. But in other versions of that story, where the focus is on uh, Essert, the poet, who's the first one to come to Ireland, Essert is unquestionably the hero of the story. Yeah. Um, but but it, but in Paddy's version of there, you'd have to wonder who the hero is. I think it could, it's the porridge. It's the porridge, yeah. <laughs> it's amazing that that would, that's what... But again, porridge and storytelling. Mm. You look at like Goldilocks and the Tree Bears, it features there as well. Mm. How dull were people's eating habits that that porridge was was so fancy?
0: Uh, the porridge is versatile.
1: Yeah, I'll give it that. I'll give it points for that. It is, <laughs> it is versatile. Uh, but in some descriptions of the great feasts in Fae which is the land where they come from, mm. there's one where they say that they're roasting a robin on a spit. Like oh. a robin, yeah, a robin Redbreast. And anytime I've said that to people over the years, they're like, oh, that's awful. But then you have to remember that a robin is also a death omen. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I mean,
0: when I, when I went, oh, there, I wasn't, I was oh my gosh, I wasn't going, oh, that's awful. I thought that was cute because it's small. Oh.
1: Yeah, that's how small they are. they would be the equivalent of having like a hog on a spit.
0: Yeah, it's a small world after all.
1: Oh my goodness, I can't believe you've referenced that Disney ride. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But but yes, now that we're talking about food, I'm getting hungry.
0: Yeah, me too. Hey, I've got a question for you. Yes. Would you rather be um, like leprechaun sized in the human world or would you rather be... Like human-sized or Mark-sized in fae in the leprechaun world, in the leprechaun society.
1: Well, first of all, I'd like to point out that human size and Mark size are the same thing, and I hope that's not a dig at my height. <laughs> I
0: know, no, no, no. I, I, just, did, I was just, I, you know, because I, I, I noticed myself saying human-sized, and I was wondering, oh, what is that, you know? So I thought, yeah. well, you're already familiar with Mark size.
1: I am. I am. I've been experiencing Mark size for all forty-three years. Of my life. Yeah. Um, I don't know, but you kind of have to look at Gulliver's Travels probably for a nice exploration of the troubles and benefits of it. Yeah. And I think there's no escaping the fact that Jonathan Swift, who was a, a Dublin man, mm-hmm. must have been familiar with that story
0: yes.
1: uh, and inspired by that story uh, to write Gulliver's Travels. So, do you know what? The grass is always greener. The grass is always greener. I think the accommodations that would have to be made for me as, a, as, as someone who would be smaller in a bigger world. And there's days I feel like that. I mean, there's days when we're aware of just our, how, how small we are, you know what I mean? In a universal sense. Yeah. Uh, and then within my own world, within my own kind of home, mm. I, am, I am giant sized. Yeah. <laughs> After a big meal. Uh, everything's coming back for food for me at the moment but do you know what I don't know do you know what I like being the size I am in the world I'm in mm-hmm.
0: that's really nice
1: what about you You're here you are uh, a Kilkenny woman up in Dublin and then do you mean do you, do you feel different in Dublin than you feel when you're back home
0: I do my accent changes when I go
1: home okay but you, do they feel you're coming back down to Kilkenny with all your Dublin ideas yeah going in and asking for a ciabatta <laughs> you know what I mean Where yeah. are you? what do you mean pesto <laughs> <laughs> what oh, do sorry. you mean
0: public transport it's
1: all, it's all coming back for food for me right now maybe I'll have some porridge today for my lunch
0: yeah maybe
1: maybe that's how I'll celebrate St Patrick's Day
0: with some nice porridge I'll oh, start my day off with idea. some porridge
1: and then later on in the day I'll find myself a robin red breast mm. and I'll roast it on a fork over a fire Uh, I'm not going to do that because I think they're wonderful birds.
0: They are gorgeous birds. Well, I think that's all the time we have. I know you and I could go on forever about leprechauns. We could. So it's probably better then that we stop before we do that. Um, Mark, thank you so much for for joining me again today. Yeah. For another uh, great podcast. I really enjoy talking with you.
1: Yeah, it's me, it's you, it's Poddy, and it's everyone who's listening.
0: Yes, indeed. This
1: is the, this is the closest we get to a big gathering. <laughs> I know.
0: And thank you so much for, for joining us and listening. Please don't forget to uh, share this podcast if you enjoyed it, share with your friends, and leave a nice review if you found it nice to listen to. As you know, episodes come out on the 1st and 15th of every month. We have um, videos going up on our YouTube channel, every two weeks or so and then we're doing live storytelling on Facebook and Instagram every week so you can join us there as well thank you so much for listening Uh, I've been Eleanor and I've been joined here by Mark and thank you so much Slán
1: Slán